Texas State lights up that scoreboard against Baylor, and the Bobcats upset the Bears. It's Locked On Sunbelt. You are Locked On Sunbelt, your daily podcast on the Sunbelt Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to another edition of Lockdown Sunbelt, your team every day. I'm your host, Dave Schultz, hosting Afternoons on 103.3 The Go in Lafayette, Louisiana as well. Uh, we almost made it. Need to say thank you despite coming up just too short. We're, hard, we're at 598 subscribers. I have a feeling we'll surpass it this week now that we're talking about week one in college football instead of just surmising on what might happen. So thank you very much for everybody who has uh, subscribed both to the video and to the audio portion of the show. And, of course, today's show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Lockdown. Make every moment more right now. New customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Lockdown to get started. All right, we'll recap much of week one. We'll do it over the next couple of days. But, obviously, we are going to start with the Texas State Bobcats, basically a four-touchdown underdog at Baylor. And you got the offense of G.J. Kinney trying to take on the defense of Dave Aranda, and it was a mismatch. It was a mismatch almost from the get-go. Baylor got off to a 3 nothing lead, and that was it. And they could not get a stop. Every time they got close within one score, T.J. Finley of all people, led the led the uh, Bobcats, yeah, led the Bobcats on a scoring drive. He was absolutely outstanding. Finley, 22 out of 30, 298 yards, three touchdowns in the air, one rushing touchdown. He was fantastic. And, you know, Texas State, we, we said, first, I think I did pick them to cover mostly being a homer, but I did pick them cover. I'm not going to sit here and tell them I pick you to win. I picked them to win. Nope, not going to do that. Uh, but I just didn't know what to expect from ODU or Texas State. We'll get to ODU maybe in a different episode. But I just didn't know what to expect. I certainly didn't expect this. I was hopeful for it. It's fun to see it happen. They certainly have an experienced quarterback playing. But I did not think this was potential I thought it could be close I thought you know later on in the season it could be interesting you know who knows what it's going to be like in three months but that South Alabama Texas State game could have a lot riding on it that's at the end of the year post Thanksgiving but that was the kind of deal we were talking about where you know if you're going to get Texas State you want them now because they will get better as the year goes on well (laughs) the Raging Cajuns will play ODU to open up Sunbelt play this coming weekend. But their first home game in the Sunbelt is against Texas State. We'll see. Uh, Baylor actually outgained Texas State 524 to 441, but they ended up kicking a pair of field goals. And what are they, seven yards back, right? And so one was a 24-yard field goal. So that means that's a that's placed at the 14-yard line. That means they were inside. That means they were at the seven. And they kicked a 23-yard field goal, so that means they were at the six. Well, that's a good job by Texas State making making them kick short field goals. You add on eight extra points, 
And instead of 42-31, it's 42-38, and maybe Baylor isn't forcing stuff and committing turnovers down the stretch. Uh, so that's a good job by Texas State to force short field goals. Bad job by Baylor not to convert. Uh, but obviously, you know, coaches love to, you know, find something to complain about. And the 524 yards is obviously something that G.J. Kinney is going to want to uh, take care of. All right. Obviously, you give up something to get something in terms of, you know, a lot of times if your offense is scoring quickly, you know, your defense is going to be back on the field uh, very quickly and maybe not quite as rested. Uh, but obviously, 524 yards is going to be an issue moving forward, although it was not against Baylor. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And can you imagine if Texas State does the same thing? that Troy did. What happens if Texas state comes in and wins the West, right? Uh, the Cajuns looked okay yesterday. South Alabama looked awful. Uh, Troy was pretty good. Uh, Southern Miss was pretty good, but Texas state played really well. Now they're going to play UTSA. Then they get Jackson state. We'll see what happened there. Jackson state was good. Week one struggling in week two. And then who do they get? Week Let's see if we got this quickly. Texas. Oh, it's right there. Nevada. Nevada got blown out by USC. Could Baylor start out 4 0 and then go to Southern Miss? <laughs> what was that? What was that Texas State over under? We need to check out FanDuel and find out because, wow, you could get that by the midway of the season. You get that midway of uh, the season. So congratulations to G.J. Kinney uh, and the rest of the uh, Bobcats. Uh, they were really good. Uh, in addition to, need to point this out, in addition to T.J. Finley having good numbers, uh, Holbert was outstanding. Uh, Joey Holbert with, what, six catches, 105 yards, dancing on the sidelines, uh, having a good time. Five, five, 180-pound senior out of San Clemente. Uh, California. Uh, just a good job uh, by Texas State overall. Uh, you know, that was, you know, you got the Colorado win. And because of Deion Sanders uh, and Travis Hunter and Deion's kid, you know, Shindor, uh, you know, they're getting a lot of the pub. But Texas State's win was just as, as big uh, because. You know, that's a G5 over a power five, right? Colorado shouldn't be nearly as bad as they are. I understand that they are that bad, although not anymore. So Texas State's win just as big. Uh, and, you know, we will see. I'm sure you're going to see G.J. Kinney uh, on, uh, you know, talk shows. We'll see, you know, Jim Rome will have them. We'll see if Dan Patrick has them. We'll see if Rich Eisen has them. Oh, you know, Dan Lebetard puts them on. Whoever the national guys are, be on bar stools. We'll see when they show up on Lockdown Sunbelt. Again, we we're supposed to have them on right at the beginning of camp and schedules got conflated, uh, but hopefully we will have him on. It'd be nice this week, but I have a feeling he's got uh, bigger fish to fry, uh, so to speak. All right. Uh, all right. Let's take a timeout. When we come back, we'll talk about the two teams that I follow the closest, if, if you will, or certainly have covered on them. Uh, the last 10 years or so, we got South Alabama that did not look good against Tulane and the Raging Cajuns, who, again, a little bit of an uneven ball game uh, against Northeastern State. They did win and win relatively easily, uh, but room for improvement, at least uh, offensively. 
That is for sure. Let me tell you a little bit about Athletic Brewing Company and the game changer that they are, as it is the game changer of the week, brought to you by Athletic Brewing Company. Much like G.J. Kinney from Texas State, Athletic Brewing Company has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. Kenny and the Bobcats were 28-point underdogs at Baylor and blew out the Bears 42-31, lighting up the scoreboard, as Kenny promised. Their brews are great-tasting and award-winning and beat out full-strength beers in global competitions, sort of like G5s beating out P5s. They brew over 50 styles of craft, non-alcoholic beer, including IPAs, Goldens, Sours, and more. You can find Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic brews at a store near you or buy online at athleticbrewingcompany.com. First-time customers can use Locked On to get 15% off your first online order. That's code Locked On L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewingcompany.com. Near beer, exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. All right, Dave Schultz, Locked On Sunbelt, your team Every day, let's continue it after the uh, the big win by Texas State. Uh, South Alabama could not follow suit. I, I don't know what has gone wrong with this team. I, I don't know if they got cocky. I don't know if they just were able to overcome a lot of close victories last year, which they did. But they have not played well. I'd say in the last three ball games, we need. Can we go back? We should go back. They did not play well against. Uh, Tulane. They didn't play well against Western Kentucky, and you want to go back. They didn't really play well against uh, ODU to wrap up the season. So it's been a minute since South Alabama has actually played well, and it just didn't look good yesterday against Tulane. Michael Pratt was like 14 of 15 for 294 yards and four touchdowns. The one incompletion was dropped right in his receiver's hands. He averaged 19.6 yards per pass. Like, you want to round that up to 20 yards per pass. That's outrageous. Having said that, so South Alabama commits a turnover on their second play of the game. LaDainian Webb. And it's 7-0 before you blink, and it's 10-0 before you blink. South Alabama ends up being down. Let's see, we want to get this right. Was it two scores? Was it 17 to, well, it was 10 to seven. They did make it 10 to seven. I do remember that. They did make it 10 to seven, but then it was 24 to seven. All right. Now they get back in the game. South Alabama gets back in the game with a couple of turnovers. So they make it 24 to 10, although it could have been 24, 14, but they screwed that up on a third and four. They get a penalty and then they get sacked. They do get a uh, touchdown from uh, Carter Bradley to Devin Voison to make it a 24-17 ball game uh, to begin. uh, Well, they got a turnover. uh, Tulane uh, fumbled, and the uh, Jaguars got a turnover, made it 24-17. Now, you had some more turnovers down the road for the Jaguars. They just couldn't stop Michael Pratt and company. They just couldn't stop. So it doesn't matter about the turnovers. You want to complain about the early turnovers? Okay. You still had a one-score game, 24-17. Get a stop, maybe tie the score. But they couldn't do it. They could not stop Tulane at all. The stats are not all that 
Well, I guess they are. Yardage-wise, 436 to 265. Passing-wise, Tulane passed for almost 300 yards. The Jaguars, 200 yards. I mean, Carter Bradley is 23 of 30, but averaging six yards of pass play. Michael Pratt, as we said, 20 yards of pass play. Pratt, no interceptions. Bradley, two interceptions. South Alabama's got Southeastern, and they can still turn things around, as Craig Stevenson said in AL.com, but until they do, you were not sure what we have, right? I expected, I certainly didn't expect Michael Pratt to play that well. That well, I know he's pretty good, but that's, I mean, he could play seven on seven, and he's not going to be 14 of 15 for 300 yards. I expect Mike, I expected Carter Bradley to be at that Michael Pratt level, and they just weren't. The offensive and defensive lines for South Alabama, not nearly as good as what Tulane has. And the defensive backs, according to uh, Kane Walmick, uh, inexcusably not paying attention. And these were not, you know, battles for catches. These guys were hit in stride, wide open. Whether it just be a play action or an RPO or a reverse to Pratt, whatever it was, these were not contested catches. These were wide open plays. That's how you go 14 to 15. And South Alabama has to take a good look in the mirror and say, what's going on? I said, if they don't score on, you know, three straight possessions. I mean, they, I, I just didn't think they would score 17 points. I, I just didn't. All right. I, you know, I said 38, 31. I was on, uh, on Maddie Hudek's podcast and she predicted 34, 17. And if I said that, and she goes, she said 34-17. I go, if that happens, there's issues. And there were a bunch of issues. So South Alabama can still have a special season. I don't think it's going to be quite as special as I thought. But goodness gracious, it was just, it was not pretty yesterday. And they just didn't run the ball at all. They ran 75 yards, 32 times for 75 yards. Come on. 2.3 yards a carry. That is not South Alabama football under Kane. So they need to do a little bit better of a job with that. They do get Southeastern, but then it's Oklahoma State. And then do they, do they get uh oh, then it's Central Michigan. So they got a little bit of time uh, to go to, to fix things uh, before they play in uh, the Sun Belt. All right. The other team that I do keep an eye on at the Cajuns game uh, yesterday and a, a really uneven game. First of all, the kickoff was pushed back. An hour. So instead of 6.30, you're kicking off at 7.30. That was done the previous weekend due to high expected temperatures. Then when you know it, I get down on the field at about 7. They say, oh, maybe it was even a little bit after 7. They're like, we're in a lightning delay. So now you got to wait a half an hour. You could see the lightning. You got to wait a half an hour. Kickoff happened another 20 minutes later than scheduled, somewhere around 7.50. Uh, you had three Cajuns turnovers in the first half, one two, uh, one uh, Northwestern State turnover. Uh, the two teams combined for like three for 20 on third downs in the first half, meaning 11 punts. The first half took two hours, right? Everyone's talking about not enough possessions. The game's flying by. This one, anything but flew by. Uh, having said that, Ben Woldridge threw three touchdowns when he had time, ran for another one. I didn't think we'd be seeing Ben Woldridge in a sweep to the right, student body right. It was not like it was an RPO or an option. He just took the snap and followed his blocking to the right and ran in for a 24-yard touchdown. Threw passes to, let's see here, uh, 
Peter LeBlanc and uh, Robert Williams. Robert Williams with his first touchdown catch. And Wilson had one uh, as well. Draylon Washington got the game off to a great start for the Cajuns. They get a stop. And he runs 62 yards for a touchdown on the second play of scrimmage uh, by the Cajuns. Um, defensively, UL was really good. 100 yards allowed in the first half. That's outstanding. They had given up. How about this? They had given up 40 yards for 28 minutes in the second half. 40 yards in the second half. But on the last play of scrimmage, offensively for Northwestern State, they uh, diagrammed a nice wheel play, wide open, and a 47-yard touchdown. Still, that was their only touchdown. Uh, The two other uh, scores came via turnovers, and they didn't get touchdowns. And uh, so they only gave up 187 yards total. So defensively, they were really good. Should be noticed, uh, defensive lineman Mason Narcisse did not play. His father, unfortunately, passed away, so he missed the ball game. We'll see if he's back for uh, ODU coming up this weekend. Uh, Tough for the Cajuns to play better defensively. Offensively, they need to play better. They ran for 206 yards, which sounds like a lot. They averaged six yards a carry, which is great. And I'm not saying you can take away those plays, but it's not nearly as consistent as you'd like. You take away those two running plays, Draylon Washington's touchdown and Ben Woldridge's touchdown, and all of a sudden your six-point average is less than four, 3.75. So while you do have those nice explosive plays, and those are great, and they still count, take those away, and it's not nearly as consistent as you like it. Uh, They do get ODU, and ODU struggled against Virginia Tech. They were actually in the ballgame, but Grant Wilson threw for less than 100 yards. And so the Cajuns... If they can put up some points and not turn the ball over, they're going to be in that football game, if not a win of the ball game. Uh, all right, let's take a timeout. We got some new quarterbacks that had to deal with uh, some issues. And so we will talk about that when we wrap up Locked on a Sunbelt, your team every day. And now it is time. I mean, how much are we looking forward to this? How much are we looking forward to this? It is week one of the NFL. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL ticket, NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use and can be on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of of the NFL. Looking forward to, do I pick a Super Bowl champion? Uh, I'm definitely picking the Saints over, and then we'll see what games we want to choose moving forward. Admittedly, I am not very good at picking, well, games at all, to be honest with you, and I'm not good at picking NFL games, but we will try our hand at it. Uh, this season. All right, a few more minutes. Lockdown Sunbelt, your team every day. Uh, we are expecting Raging Cajuns corner Keon Martin to join us tomorrow, and we'll recap the rest of the action from week one that we don't get to uh, today. So a couple of uh, teams with quarterback issues. JMU made Alonzo Barnett the third, the starting quarterback, and apparently, you know, after day one in camp, he was it, right? He was with the twos on day one, and then on day two, he was with the ones. But the bright lights got to him just a little bit. It didn't affect JMU all that much. They won over Bucknell 38-3. Uh, to three. 
but they had all kinds of issues throwing the football. He was just three for 11 for 15 yards and one touchdown. Head coach Kurt Signetti following the game said they got to a point where they were afraid to call a pass play. So Arizona transferred Jordan McLeod to the rescue. Pretty solid. Seven for 11, 144 yards and two touchdowns. We will see what happens moving forward. They're going to Virginia uh, this coming week. Virginia didn't look that great against Tennessee. That is a, a winnable ball game for JMU. And then they get Troy and then Utah State. So it is a uh, it's a tough, tough stretch for JMU. They got to figure out their quarterback issues very, very quickly. They may end up going with Jordan McLeod. If Alonzo Barrett has issues, you could start Jordan McLeod and maybe ease Barnett into the game. Kind of one of those every four possessions for like Levi Lewis, just to get him a little bit comfortable. Maybe the game just went too fast for him and, you know, all kinds of nerves, whatever the case is, you know, we wish him the best. Uh, Again, it didn't affect JMU all that much winning by 35 points, but it is noted that Alonzo Barnett, the third had issues uh, in the ball game where the offensive coordinator is afraid to call pass plays. Not great. Uh, All right. Apparently Ryan Berger and app state, they got off to a good start. They beat Gardner-Webb 45-24. App State, Ryan Berger, he got off to a good start. 11, 7 for 11 with a TD, but apparently hurt a finger. And he was replaced by Joy Aguilar, who he was just as good, if not better, even a little bit better, 11 of 13 for four touchdowns. So it was Berger, redshirt freshman, who beat out Joy Aguilar, who is the veteran, uh, for the starting position. Now, maybe Aguilar, who gets it, we'll see how injured that finger is. And just like JMU, it was Barnett who uh, beat out Jordan McLeod for the spot, and McLeod is ready to go. So that's that's the thing about these quarterback battles, right? You can't sit and pout. One of the reasons why you need to tell the quarterbacks, at least give them a day, right, if not a week, hey, the chances of you playing this year are good. Now, in this case, one was an injury, and one was... It was his, you know, his head was spinning, right? So something you don't really expect when that happens, you know, actually, you know, Jalen Milrow is a really good example of that with Alabama. You know, he played awful last year against A&M. He looked pretty good yesterday against Middle Tennessee State. So I know one's A&M and one's Middle Tennessee State. Nonetheless, uh, in this case, it's more about uh, Milrow than the opposition. And Milrow looked really good. And so maybe get Barnett in there a little bit more. Uh, or a little bit, uh, not less frequently, but, you know, start McLeod and let Barnett have a couple of series in there to see how he uh, can do. And we will update. I'm sure we'll get an update from Sean Clark on the health of Ryan Berger here in the uh, next day or two. All right. That's this edition of a lockdown Sunbelt. Uh, again, thank you so much for subscribing. Some people have found the audio portion of the show, either on Apple Podcast or Spotify. It is a huge, huge help. Thank you so much. We're so close to 600. Uh, we are now, okay, so instead of 100 a month or 200 a month is what we almost had last month, we're going to try. Well, 200 a month would do it, right? Actually, 200 a month will do it. We want 1,000 subscribers on YouTube by Halloween. All right? I think that's legit potential. All right, going to be a stretch. It's going to be hard work. But I appreciate it, and I have a feeling, again, the way this algorithm works, the more subscriptions, subscribers you get, the more people see it, the more they, they, they see your likes, your shares. It's a big help, so we will do it, and we will try to, again, we didn't hit Arkansas State. 
We didn't hit Georgia Southern. We didn't hit ODU all that much. So we have more to recap in week one. Uh, and we will not forget anybody, that is uh, for sure. All right, so uh, hopefully everyone's having a great holiday weekend. And we will be back tomorrow. Again, quick reminder, Keon Martin, Raging Cajuns cornerback, is expected to join us for a portion of uh, the show. Until then, I'm your host, Dave Schultz. Thank you so much for tuning in to Locked On Sunbelt, your team, every day.